Welcome to the Desert Life Church podcast. We're so excited you've tuned in to hear our weekend message. From wherever you are listening, we hope you're inspired by this message. We are in the middle of a series and it's called The Voice. And for those of you who are maybe new or haven't been in church over the past few weeks, The Voice is based on the reality TV show uh, called The Voice. And uh, they have something in that show called The Blind Auditions. How many of you have heard of it or know of it? Yeah? Great. And uh, so the, the judges, as we know, sit in chairs with their backs turned toward the contestants. The contestants come on the stage and they begin singing. The judges have no clue what they look like. They have to decide whether this voice that I'm hearing has what it takes for me to become a mentor to this person and for them to go to the next stage of the competition. And if I feel that there is something special about that voice, then I will turn my chair around and that's a sign that I uh, am going to take this, that I, I, I believe this candidate is or this person, this contestant is worthy of going on to the next stage, yeah? So that's how it works. And so what we've been thinking is, if, if Jesus were here today, and he was speaking, and we had our backs turned to him, would we recognize the voice of Jesus? Just listening to him, would we recognize that voice? What is it about the voice that makes us want to turn and say, wow, that really does sound like Jesus? And the other side of it is, if people in the world had their backs toward us, and they heard us speaking, would they say, that voice sounds a lot like Jesus? Or would they say, <laughs> would they say something else when they listen to our voices? So that was the premise of, of what the series is based on. And today we are looking at the voice of the Word. Because we know that, that Jesus, uh, as He came into the world... You know, he, he used a lot of references to the Bible and he used to the, to the, to the, the known word of God at that time, which was the, the Jewish Old Testament or the Jewish Testament, which is basically the Old Testament, right? So the books of Moses and the prophets. And that's what he, he, he repeatedly referenced those, uh, those books in various times in his ministry. And uh, the question is, what about us and how do we use the word of God when we uh, speak to people. Shall we pray? Just turn our eyes to the Lord. Heavenly Father, what an honor it is to be in your house, to be with your people and to be able to have been able to worship you, lift our hearts to you in adoration and praise, saying thank you for everything you are and who you are and for the, all the things we have heard about, the things you're doing around uh, the nation and around the world. And Father, as we look to your word, Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to hear what you have to tell us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, one of, one, of the, one of the people who I admire tremendously, who is a teacher of the Word of God, is Chuck Missler. And he has a few favorite phrases that he uses when he talks about the Word of God. And I'm just going to read out a few of those uh, sort of quotes that he has. The Word of God. It's 66 books written by 40 authors, written between 1446 BC and 90 AD. But now we discover that it is an integrated message system from outside our time and space domain. Another thing he says is the scripture is inexhaustible. 
you can never get to the bottom of its depth. And that's what you would expect from the Word of God. There are no other religious books on planet Earth that have the audacity to hang their track record on their ability to predict the future. Only the Bible is 2020 on target and always has been. You can prove the Bible is true by what it says and what has happened. You know, Jesus is described as the Word of God, yeah? In, in, in John 1, it says, the Word was with God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Isn't that right? Jesus is the Word of God. You know, for 400 years, and Pastor Ben reminds us of this frequently, 400 years after the end of the Old Testament, you know, there was total silence. No, no voices, no prophets, nothing about, no, no, no sound even from God for 400 years to the Israelite kingdom. And they were beginning to get a bit fidgety and edgy about why is this? Why aren't we hearing from God? And suddenly as we start reading the Gospels of the New Testament, you know, onto the scene bursts this amazing prophet of God, uh, John the Baptist, in, in the lines of, of the prophet Elijah, and he begins to declare, behold, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and be baptized. And once again, the voice of God came out loud and clear in, into the nation of Israel. But more than that, he was heralding the entrance of the Son of God, the entrance of the very Word of God in human form. Until then, that great, distant omniscient father who had been considered a, a wrathful, uh, a fearful, a vengeful father in heaven who you could not approach, unapproachable. Suddenly, we see that we have a human form that we can relate to, a human form that Jesus came in that would say, this is what my father God is like. He is not that distant. He is not that vengeful. He is not that wrathful. He is not that unapproachable God you think he is. But this is who he is. Look at me and I will show you who the God of heaven is like. Isn't that incredible? And, and so there is so much that we can learn about who our Father God is by just looking at Jesus and his life, his teachings, and the way he ministered to people. But today I want to look at one particular thing. You know, when Jesus came, 300, more than 300 prophecies, over 700 years old, that had been prophesied about the Messiah were fulfilled with Jesus coming. Isn't that incredible? How can people even begin to doubt the veracity of, of the coming of Jesus? When you look at, and, and the fact that he is the Messiah, how can you doubt that when you see the incredible, overwhelming weight of evidence there is that talks about this coming Messiah and how it was fulfilled in Jesus? You know, one thing I know about my, my Jesus is that even as he used the word of God, even as he, he used the word in his ministry, his knowledge of the word was absolutely total. Yeah, it was absolute. He knew the word in and out. And he believed that the Old Testament was authoritative. He believed it was decisive. And he believed it was binding. So how did he use the word of God? You know, he used the word of God effectively to counter false arguments and false traditions that were brought to bear upon people. He used it to demolish any, any twisting of the word of God to, to try and tempt him. 
And there are many references we have of where he's, he's using the word of God, either to talk to the Pharisees or the Sadducees, or even to the devil himself when he comes to tempt Jesus. And he uses the word of God effectively. You know, in, in, he faces the devil and he uses Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He faces the Sadducees and he uses Exodus 3, 6. He faces the Pharisees and he uses Psalm 110, verse 1. There are various definite references that he uses from the prophets and the, and, and the Old Testament that he uses to counter these things. I always think, you know, if, if someone came up to me and said, you know, we have a competition, right? And we want you to go into this ring and spar with this guy. And I say, okay, I'm willing to do that, sort of. And who is this guy I'm going to be sparring with? And they say, oh, he's just this little guy and his name is The Rock. Yeah? I, I, would, I would run the other way. I'm fairly certain I would run the other way. So I'm just thinking, if, if these, the Sadducees and the Pharisees came up and they're going to, they're going to um, sort of put Jesus to the test, right? It's a competition. We're going to put him to the test. But if they knew that Jesus was actually called the Word, I wonder whether they would actually be willing to go ahead and go into a competition with the one they call the Word. We are going to bring the Word and we are going to try and demolish you. But God, the person we're coming against is actually called the Word himself. Is there any hope in, in, in heaven that we will win? I just think that's incredible. Jesus and his knowledge was infallible. He was just incredible the way he knew the word and how to use it. So Jesus clearly, he operated under the assumption that the whole Old Testament, if it was properly understood, was binding and decisive. And as his followers, it, it beholds us also to be clear about our understanding of the Old Testament. I talk to many believers and they say, oh, I only read the New Testament. You know, and, and so I think you, you miss so much of the wealth and the riches that God talks about. You know, even just, you should listen to messages about from Genesis by Pastor Ben. I have learned so much, and I have seen a wealth of knowledge come out of even just the first chapter of Genesis. And, and I think there is so much wealth in the, in, the, in the Old Testament. Things that point us to the Messiah. Things that point us to the Father heart of God. And all that he had planned for us and for the, for the, for the world that we can glean from the Old Testament. And yet so often we just leave the Old Testament aside and we just keep concentrating on the New Testament to our detriment. So I think that's one of the things that we need to understand. First of all is that can I encourage you? Start reading the Old Testament. If, if it seems a little bit dry in certain places, there, there are concordances, there are commentaries that will give you further insight into those books that will make it much more alive and you learn a lot more from those Old Testament books. But what about the New Testament? I mean, we know that the Old Testament, okay, Moses and the prophets had written it, but then... What about the New Testament? Can we believe? Can we, can we definitely say this is the word of God? Absolutely. You know, near the end of his earthly ministry, Jesus had this very important conversation. He sat his disciples down. Let's have a meal together and let's talk about something that's going to happen. This is what he said. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes... 
He will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. You know what Jesus is saying here? I have a lot more. I've only been with you three years. That's the maximum time I've been able to spend with you. I'm going to die soon. I'm going to be taken away. However, I have taught you as much as I can. There is still so much more revelation to come. And that revelation is going to come through the Spirit of God. And that's exactly what happens. So after the Spirit of God comes, He uses people like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, you know, and he uses these amazing men of God. And through revelation, we begin to get glimpses of what the further teachings of Jesus were. Some of it we know from Jesus' words directly. And some of it through the revelation that the Spirit gave to men of God. As God gave them revelation through his Spirit. Isn't that amazing? So we can, we can trust what the New Testament says, because the Word of God, and these are words we have to remember, the Word of God is infallible. It is inerrant and is inspired. Inerrant means that there is no mistakes in the Word of God. There is no mistake. Infallible means there can be no mistakes. And inspired means that the word of God that we have was declared to men and women of God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. We can believe it. We can accept it. We can use it. Amen? Amen. That is the word of God we have to us. So I, I just want you to, you know, we have to have that assurance. When we read the word of God, this is the word of God. It is powerful. It is transforming. It has the ability to change lives. And we can't just look at it as just another book that you read. It is a book that has incredible power, potential to change not only our lives, but the lives of people around us. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. So how did Jesus use the word of God? I want to just take us to a, a passage uh, which I, I find incredibly moving, right? And, uh, but before that, you know what 2 Timothy says? Just, just to confirm what I've been saying, 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says, all scripture, not some scripture, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen? All scripture is God-breathed. The passage I want to talk to you about, briefly, is, is, is a passage we know well. And it's, it's sometimes described as the road to Emmaus. It's the story of two disciples walking away from Jerusalem on the third day after Jesus was crucified. Right? Jesus crucified on the Friday, and we believe on the Sunday, this is when this happens. These two disciples are walking away from Jerusalem. And you can see that in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 onwards. And I want you to think about these two guys, right? Just let me read the first chapter. It says, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. 
And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still. Their faces were downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Three words. Dejected. Disillusioned. And filled with doubt. Yeah? Three, two, two men walking away. Having seen and experienced everything that they had with the ministry of Jesus, having had their hopes raised and, and maybe in, in misconstrued some of what was going to happen, they did not fully grasp what was going to happen with the death of Jesus. They didn't fully grasp what the ministry of Jesus was all about. And they thought, oh, this was the Jesus who was meant to be our the Savior, who was going to lead us out from, the, from under Roman rule, who was going to give us back our dignity as a nation, and all that kind of stuff. And all these thoughts and all these, these uh, the, 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 the dejection of what they felt by what they perceived to be defeat as they walked away from Jerusalem, where they were meant to be. And you know what? They had just heard some reports. You know what the reports were that they had heard as you read in the passage? It says they had heard that some of our women had actually been to the, to the grave site and that Jesus was not there and some angels had spoken to them. And then some of our men had actually gone there and seen some things, but they hadn't seen Jesus. And so they have heard these rumors of something that had happened and yet it had not sunk into their minds that maybe, just maybe, this is what Jesus was talking about when he said, I will rise up, rise up on the third day. It hadn't sunk in. And so instead of waiting in Jerusalem to see what would happen, they're just walking away. Walking away seven miles away from Jerusalem. You think, how often have we been in situations like that? Where things you have expected and hoped for haven't quite turned out the way you wanted it to turn out whether it's with work, whether it's with relationships with people, whether it's with your finances, whether it's with your health. There are so many things that we go through in our lives that cause us to think, God, are you still there? Do you still love me? All the things that you have said, how come I do not see them happening in my life? And we can become dejected, we can become disillusioned, and we can doubt and we can walk away from God. But you know what? My God does not leave you in that position or in that situation. But you know what he does? Just look at what Jesus does. He comes alongside them. And he begins to walk with them. And then what does he do? He begins to open up the word of God, it says to them. Starting with Moses and the prophets, he begins to open up the word of God and he begins to explain to them everything that was meant to happen. Let me just read that verse. He said, How foolish you are, how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. 
And then they reach the village of Emmaus. It is late in the evening. He so, seems as though he's going to go further. And then they say, look, why don't you just stay with us? Eat the meal with us. It is late. He sits with them. And almost taking charge of the meal, he begins to break the bread. And, and as they give thanks and begin to eat the meal, it says their eyes are opened. And suddenly, the revelation of who he actually was comes to them. And they see this is Jesus. And you know, they describe that later as saying, when he was speaking to us, weren't our hearts burning within us? There was something that was changed, something that was different, something about the way he spoke. And he just began to influence and touch us in, in the ways he explained things to us. And what happens to them? As soon as, and then it says, Jesus is taken away from them. Suddenly, in an instant, Jesus is taken away. And then what happens? These two guys to get up and they begin their journey back to Jerusalem. Even though it is night, even though it is dangerous, even though it is not a thing you would expect them to want to do at this time of night, they are so excited by what they have heard and about the revelation that has been given to them that nothing is going to stop them going back to being with their brothers and sisters and explaining what has just happened in their lives. You know what? That is what God expects of us as well. When we can come alongside people who are dejected and desperate, when we can open up the word of God to them and we can explain to them how God still loves them. Passages like what Pastor Ben talked about, Romans 8. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of Christ. Whatever you have been through, whatever you are going through, whatever you are going to go through, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And if you can begin to explain to people, and if you can begin to show them from this amazing, incredible, powerful, transforming word of God, what God is able to do in their lives you will see that transformation begins to occur. Revelation begins to occur in people's lives and they will begin to sense as the Spirit speaks to them that warming in their hearts and then change happens and they believe, yes, it is possible. And then however difficult and dangerous and dark it may seem, they will be willing to stand up and say, let us walk, let us go, let us do what God is asking us to do. You know, So that is my prayer. First of all, let us begin to start reading the Word of God so that we ourselves may have an understanding of what this Word contains so that we may be able to come alongside people. We may be able to explain. We may be able to comfort. We may be able to correct sometimes. And we may be able to bring people back into that God-given relationship that they are supposed to have with their Father. Amen? Amen. That is what God expects of us when we use the word of God rightly, it can be a powerful tool. We are not meant to use the word of God to break people. We are not meant to use the word of God to destroy people and, and use it as a means of, of, of constantly bringing people down. But the word of God is given to us just as Jesus did. Use the word of God to build people up, strengthen them, bring them back into relationship with him so that they know who they are in Christ. Amen. Amen. You know, there are so many ways we can begin to learn and read the Word of God. And I know that, that you know, with the Flourish team, we are trying to set up uh, uh, ways where we may be able to, to 
encourage you to read the word of god testimonies of people who are doing that people who are studying the word of god people who have learned to make devotions and reading the word part of their lives we are making videos of that so that you could click on those videos listen to how men and women of god are beginning to do it and that can encourage you in your decision about how you will begin to spend time in the word of god i am fascinated by the bible project look it up if you haven't seen it it will help you in your understanding of the bible it will help you with opening up and making it much more real to you if you have trouble just reading words you can have you can see this in an audio video version that just talks about and explains different books of the bible so incredibly well there are so many opportunities resources to us available to help us grow in our knowledge and understanding of the word can i get you to stand up on your feet when joshua is about to lead the nation of israel having taken the mantle from moses he is filled with doubt and 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 unsure of the magnitude of the responsibility that has been given to him and as he stands there waiting wondering how am i going to lead this huge nation into battle with with enemies that surround us and and are ahead of us as he's waiting in that state of of doubt and and unsurety the word of god comes to him and this is what it says be strong and very courageous be careful to obey all the law my servant moses gave you do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go keep this book of the law always on your lips meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it then you will be prosperous and successful have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid do not be discouraged for the lord your god will be with you wherever you go the book of the law should not depart from your lips but meditate on it day and night what kind of strategy is that to a military commander don't go and start thinking about strategies about how we're going to defeat the enemy don't sharpen your weapons don't do skill training in in getting people ready for battle rather first thing you do get the word of the law meditate on it day and night that's what's going to help you should we close our eyes you know if you have never made a decision to know who this Jesus is you've never ever been given an opportunity to come into a relationship with this incredible savior who is described as a man of sorrows acquainted with grief because of the love he had for you and I if you have never been acquainted with him you know there's an opportunity for you today to come into relationship with this amazing savior jesus and into relationship with our amazing incredible god our father because it says in the word of god if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that jesus christ is lord you will be saved and so there's opportunity for us today 
to do that and if you are a believer who's walked with the lord for many years and you think oh there is something dry about my life i am just not growing i am just not enthusiastic about the things of god as i used to be i find myself in a place where i don't really just something i can't place my hand on but i don't feel right in my relationship with god can i encourage you go back to the word of god start reading the word of god become enthusiastic about the word of god become enthusiastic about hearing the voice of god through his word and believe me all the dryness that you feel all that lack of enthusiasm the lord through the power of the spirit will begin to pour that back into your heart giving you added renewed vision for what he wants to do in and through you i have to bring the service to a close but if there's anyone here who has never made a decision for the lord and you would like to i just want you to look at me raise your hand and say yes i would like you to pray with me because i do want to come into a relationship with this god you are talking about and it is a relationship that can bring you peace and joy it's a relationship that can bring you a fulfilled life and if there's anyone like that in this room today i just want you to look at me raise your hand and put it down again and i'll know who i'm praying for just looking i won't take time just a few seconds across my left and across to the right i see you my sister at the back there god bless you god bless you heavenly father we are honored to be called your sons and daughters and i know that you call us into your kingdom because you want to have a relationship with us because of your love for us father and lord i just pray that lord i pray for my sister who has raised her hand today and for any others who wish they had i just pray that you will reveal yourself to her that she may know the incredible love you have for her that you call her your daughter and that father the love you have for her is immeasurable immeasurably great and father i pray for those who are making decisions today thinking about their relationship with you and and their walk with you and and their relationship to the word of god i just pray that you will enthuse our hearts to a renewed love for the word of god a renewed love to study and and meditate and 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 be moved by the word in uh, that you have in in this incredibly powerful uh word of god that you have given to us lord father i want to thank you again and bless your holy name for all that you are doing for us lord and all that you continue to do for us for those of you who have made a decision for my sister i just pray that after the service you will be able to uh be met by one of our team members who will be able to talk a little bit more about this decision you have made but let us sing a song as we close now and and if anyone feels a need to be prayed for please this area is open at the front and we have people who are willing to come and pray with you anything that you're going through and you feel i want someone to just stand with me and pray with me come to the front and we'll be happy to pray with you god bless you thank you for joining us in the podcast for more information about desert life church 
go to desertlifechurch.org or check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day and remember, you belong here.